Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Numbers. We're going to be looking at chapter 13 and 14 today. And um, as my study Bible says, the significance of this uh, little episode that we're seeing about, uh, we're going to see the mission of the spies going into the promised land. Here we are. The nation of Israel is getting ready to, to enter the promised land. So Moses is going to send some spies out to take a look around to see if they, you know, to see what these people living in Canaan are looking like. And is it going to be an easy job or is it going to be a tough job? And so uh, we're going to see a national rebellion against uh, Moses' leadership here once again. So the significance of this episode is uh, sort of, it stands alongside the Golden Calf episode back in uh, Exodus chapter 32 through 34. Uh, because these are one of the two great um, <clears throat> um, examples of the nation wandering in the wilderness, disobeying God, and God coming on the, like the brink of just destroying the nation. And uh, in the other episode with the golden calf, Israel broke the first two commandments, and the Lord threatened to annihilate them and create a new people from Moses' descendants. And only Moses' intercession persuaded God to relent. And then this time, the ones we're looking at now, uh, the people, again, they turned their backs on the promised land and the promise, uh, you know, that God had given them and proposed to let everybody turn around and go back to Egypt. We're done with all this wandering in the wilderness. And again, the Lord threatens their destruction, which is averted only again by Moses' intercession. So <clears throat> let's take up and, and look at some of the high points. Chapter 13, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men out to spy on the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of your uh, their fathers you shall send a man, uh, every one a chief among them. So Moses <clears throat> sent, them, uh, sent from them <clears throat> the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, and all the men who were heads of the people. Okay, so they send these guys out into the wilderness. And so there's a whole bunch of verses about who's going to go. <clears throat> we'll, we'll skip those. And then we come down <clears throat> to verse 17. 
Moses sent them out to spy on the land of Canaan and said to them, go up to the Negrim and go up to the hill country and see what, see what the land is. <clears throat> okay. And uh, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether there are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are <clears throat> camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. And now <clears throat> the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied on the land. Okay. <clears throat> now we're down to verse 25. And at the end of 40 days, you know, they'd been there 40 days. They returned from spying on the land and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back word to them <clears throat> and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The <clears throat> Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negrib, the Hittites, the Jezebites, and the Amorites um, dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. And the men, then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying the land though through which we had gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. So we seemed to them. Okay, a terribly bad report. You know, the spies' account is kind of exaggerated. You know, they're comparing the Israelites to like grasshoppers, and these guys are like giants. Okay, so it's a bad report, and they're afraid, and they're sort of giving an excuse for their own disobedience. They don't want to go in there and take this land. And uh, so, and the people's <clears throat> response reflects a lack in the faith of the Lord, you know, for the spies are evaluating the situation only from a human perspective. As my study Bible says, and as, as a result, they have no courage. By contrast, trust in the Lord would produce genuine courage. Okay, so now chapter 14, the people rebel. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night, and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Here we go again. The whole congregation said to them, would what we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? 
Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will be prey. You know, oh, woe is me. They're worried about, they're saying they're worried about their wives and their children when they're probably really only worried about themselves getting killed. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. They're done. They don't want to be soldiers. They don't want to fight. They thought the Lord was going to give them land and they would just walk into it. But nobody said anything about fighting for it. So then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel and Joshua, the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, um, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel and the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me, and how long will they not believe in me, in spite of all the signs I have done among them? In other words, why won't you trust me to deliver you to this land, to deliver the land to you? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Okay, so the Lord saying, look, I'm going to snuff out these people. I can't take them anymore. Verse 13, but Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. For you brought up its people into your might from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of the land. They have heard you, O Lord, in the midst of the people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of Uh, of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill this people as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame will say, it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land. You know, basically they're saying, if you kill the nation, Moses is saying to the Lord, if you kill all these people, if you kill the nation Israel, then everybody's going to say you couldn't do the job. You couldn't bring the people to the promised land. And now let now please let the power of the Lord be great as you've promised, saying, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, <clears throat> visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt till now. So he's making a big request. Forgive them. Then the Lord says, I I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness 
shall see the land that I swore to give their fathers. And I'm just kind of hitting the high points right now. And none of those who despise me shall see it, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went and his descendants shall possess it. So, the Lord spoke to Moses, to Aaron, saying, How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I've heard the grumblings of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. Say to them, You know, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward Who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb and Joshua. But your little ones who you said would become prey, I will bring in, and they shall know the land. Okay, so he's telling them that you're not going to make it, but your children will. And so, and the men whom, down to verse 36, and the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing up a bad report about the land, the men who had brought up a bad report of the land died by plague before the Lord. Of those men who went to spy out the land, only Joshua, Caleb, remained alive. Okay? Wow. So now we come to verse 39. When Moses told these words to all the people of Israel, the people mourned greatly. And they rose early in the morning and went up to the heights of the hill country, saying, Here we are, we will go up to the place that the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. But Moses said, Why now are you transgressing the command of the Lord when that will not succeed? Do not go up, for the Lord is not among you, lest you be struck down before your enemies. For there the Amalekites... Canaanites are facing you, and you shall fall by the sword. But you have turned back from following the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country, although neither the ark of the covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed out of the camp. And the Amalekites, the Canaanites who lived in the hill country, came down and defeated them and pursued them even to Hormoth. Okay? So, a lot of the people that they thought they were going to die in the wilderness. They try to go in there and they get creamed by the Canaanites and the Amalekites. So, one strong biblical principle from my study Bible here is that when God forgives sin, like He did, He forgave, but He doesn't eliminate the consequences of sin. And in the case of Israel, God's forgiveness meant that it remained people of God, God didn't wipe them out, Um, but they still had to suffer for their sin. They didn't enter Canaan, but died in the wilderness. So, wow. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest. Oh, I don't think Matali is going to be recording today. So, yeah, she let me know earlier today. But... This has been a really strong and a very famous story about how Israel turned their back on God right before they're getting
getting ready to enter the promised land. Does that sound familiar sometimes? Right when God's ready to do something for you, you turn your back on Him? God forgives, but sometimes the consequence of turning your back on God remains. You're forgiven, but sometimes you get yourself in a bad fix, a bad mess. And it's not for us to abandon God. God won't abandon us. He will forgive us, but a lot of times we're stuck with the consequences of bad actions and bad decisions. And it usually comes from lack of faith, lack of courage in our God to take care of us. So we're going to stop here. And uh, we'll, um, as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Um, And now we'll see you next time tomorrow.